Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, so I think Yo, yo, yo. 
Hello, hello, hello. Check, check, check. Just make sure all my, all my, um, what you call it? I keep touching my back. Okay, check, check, check. We're live, we're live, we're live. I think, let me just check my, let me check the levels very quickly. Yo, yo, yo. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yo, Counter Tap Podcast. With myself, that's... Um, I don't actually know what um, what I'm talking about. I was going to do like a little short one. To be honest, when you guys see this on internet... Oh, sorry. When you not see this on YouTube, I'm probably going to split it up into, you know, a couple short ones. But if you listen on Spotify and whatever, you're going to get the... Um, the let me pronounce my THs. You're going to get the, the whole thing all in one. So if you are listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, wherever you're listening to, make sure you like, subscribe, share. Guys, leave a rating, leave the comments. Like, let's, let's get the engagement up. Let's get the engagement up. And um, yeah, we're going to move. So um, obviously we've got more guests coming on, but I'm, I'm trying to get back. Like, I know you guys like the guests and everything, but you, I know you like the um, like the hot topic ones as well, where we actually talk about things on the podcast. So um, I'm definitely going to get back to that and try and get that out to you as well. So, yeah, just let me know, guys, in the comments and stuff like that, whenever you, you know, something needs discussing. But um, I put on, on my Instagram today of things that um, need to be spoken about or um, suggestions that people think. Um, sorry. Yeah, let me just get my bearings. Or suggestions um, for topics today. And I'm just going to run through them and see what, you know, people are, are saying. So one that did come up quite a bit was, was Paul Pogba. And on my podcast, I don't really like to talk about Paul Pogba. Paul Pogba because I feel like it's such a it's like a go-to topic for a lot of people when they have nothing to talk about just talk about Paul Pogba but over the weekend he was booed as um, he was walking off the pitch and to be honest I don't know what to say about that because we all know we all know that the media here in this country have done such a great job you know ruining his image his reputation that you know it, it makes it seem like it's warranted and anyone that actually really you know watches football will know that Paul Pogba is one of the best players in the world you know it's very rare when you actually watch football that he actually doesn't perform and that's for me do you know what I mean and I didn't watch the match um, the Man United match over the weekend against Norwich when it happened but then I had to go back and actually watch it again yesterday because I didn't want to give an opinion on it and you know I didn't want to say oh you know what my real opinions were knowing that he might have had a bad game but I watched the game with Paul Pogba I mean I watched Paul Pogba against Norwich and I made sure I looked closely at him and I actually thought he was actually one of the better players if not the best player on the pitch I didn't understand why they took him off anyway, that, but that's a conversation for another day. But 
had he not performed in that match, I would understand. But he was the only one trying to make things happen. He was the only one trying to pass forward. There's other players that stank out the, the, the place. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want to always go back to like the Bruno Fernandes and everything. But Bruno Fernandes stunk out the place. He's been stinking out the place for a very long time. But you'll never catch him, you know, getting booed. Instead, they'll hand him a new five-year contract. But when it's Paul Pogba, plays well, you know, does he does what you ask him to do. Even though, can I add, yeah, if anyone is is going to, you know, be playing out of form or be out of sorts, it should be Paul Pogba. Do you know what I mean? He don't know what he's doing next year. He's got that hanging over him. You know, every time he walks on the pitch, there's a next level of expectation from everyone, even though... A lot of them are booing him, but they expect they still have that expectation that he's going to do something. They still look to him. So, I don't know. You've got other players in the team. You know, Maguire doesn't get booed. Bruno Fernandes doesn't get booed. And whatever else. But, um, I think... And I, we all know why at the end of the day. Do you get what I'm saying? We all know why Paul Pogba gets booed. You know, his face doesn't fit. You know, the media have... have made him an easy target, made him the scapegoat, so that when there are other people within the team who should be getting the blame for whatever, you know, they don't get the blame. And Paul Pogba's the go-to person. Do you get what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I just think Paul Pogba just needs to leave that club. I know there's talk of um, him getting a new contract and stuff like that, but why would he sign a new contract? Why would he ever want to stay at United? Do you get what I'm saying? And, and I'm glad he came out. And, and normally he's he's quiet with when these things happen. But I'm glad he came out and spoke about it. You know, talk bad, talk good. He still gets paid at the end of the day. And it's good that he came out and said that because, listen, there's only so much someone can take when you, when they consistently keep his name in their mouths. They consistently talk down on him, they consistently make him seem like he's actually performing below par. So, with the whole Paul Pogba, Paul Pogba situation, go to where you loved. There's a reason why when it comes to playing for France, you know, that you see a completely different player. Not always playing with better players, that's always going to help. Playing with, playing with better players and also playing where you're loved. Playing where they actually value you. Playing where, you know, you can actually go and express yourself and not have the negative pressures that come with playing for you know Manchester United and whatnot. So yeah, hundred percent, he shouldn't sign that contract. Obviously, this is just me talking. I don't know anything, but you know, him staying, I can't see it happening. Instead, he should come to Arsenal. Like that would ever happen. But yeah, no. Um, but that is in terms of Paul Pogba. That's all I really have to say. Like. You know, when I had Cabasele on the podcast the other week and Chris Watford's Christian Cabasele, Cabasele came out and he's, he said on the podcast, of all the players he's come up against since he's been in England, he's been in England five years, Paul Pogba is his toughest one. Paul Pogba is the one that has wowed him the most. Do you know what I mean? Declan Rast, who, who everyone knows is a very, very good player. Declan Rast has come out and said, Paul Pogba is unreal. Like the professionals who actually play football are coming out saying Paul Pogba is is ridiculously talented and he's ridiculously good and they always find it difficult playing against him. 
but you know the media and a lot of them who have never kicked a ball before will will have you thinking that he's the problem they'll have you out here thinking that he's rubbish and he doesn't know how to play football so when I say that the media have done a very very good job you know with tarnishing him and making the scapegoat they've they've done it you know they've taken the, the they've taken the attention away from people who aren't performing as well like Maguire like Bruno Fernandes and anyone who doesn't have a brain and doesn't actually take in football will just follow that and just boo Paul, and just boo Paul Pogba so yeah Paul Pogba was one of my favourite players even though he plays for United and he needs to pack his bags and go and it's, it's only when it's only when you know you see him playing for a Real Madrid or on a Barcelona or Juventus, wherever he goes or PSG, that people are now going to be like, oh yeah, he's such a good player, whatever. But you've had that player all along. But he's playing in a team that isn't built to, you know, to show him in the best light. That is, even though he still plays well, you know, he's 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 surrounded by players who aren't on that level, and that is the be or the end of it. Do you get what I'm saying? On that team, United team, I can, what, Ronaldo, I'm, I'm all right with Sancho. Bar them two, I'm really, I'm really struggling. Do you get what I'm saying? But you, anyway, I'm not even going to say any more on that. Um, they're wrong for booing Paul Pogba, but, you know, I'm sure come the end of the season, he'll make his decision and, um, yeah. That's it for me in regard to Paul Pogba. Um, let's go through the next one on the list. Oh gosh, Arsenal. <laughs> ah, cool. Let me just let me just do this quick. You see, Arsenal. Yeah. In January, I said it was a big mistake letting Aubameyang go. The only reason why. I was, I would have been, the only way I would have been okay with Aubameyang going is if we had a suitable replacement coming in, if we had brought a striker in. So we didn't bring no striker in, we didn't really strengthen anywhere in summer, I mean in, during the January transfer window. And you know, the argument that people came back to me with was, oh but we've only got one game a week and the squad should be able to, to hack it. <laughs> <laughs> so now look, we've lost against Crystal Palace, lost against Brighton, lost against Southampton, and we just look so spineless. Even with Tottenham losing, that was our chance to, you know, regain, you know, um, ground on them and, you know, get level on points. But I was watching a match and at no point did I ever feel like we were going to score. I think with this Arsenal team, when things are going well for them and they're flying, Everyone's good, but once once their backs are against it, once it's come once it comes down to being in the trenches, this Arsenal team um, suffers, and the only way that you're going to deal with that is number one, you know the young players getting the experience, so they need this, but and they're going to be better for it, and I'm, I'm sure of that. But also get the experience heads in, get the people who like can just get you. Um, get the other people around and just pull their socks up and get them over the line. Do you get what I'm saying? So, number one, a striker. And the thing is, I like Lacazette. Anyone that knows me knows I like Lacazette. But I'm under no illusions that Lacazette is not going to 
fire us into Champions League places. He's not going to suddenly just score 10 goals out of nowhere. So I'm happy with Lacazette as a second striker, but we need a proven goal scorer. Lacazette is not that, is not that player. So that's where we fumbled. Also, we need characters. Do you get what I'm saying? So, and it's an interesting one, actually. I'm just going to caveat. Caveat or segue? I don't know what other word is. Liverpool have Jordan Henderson in their team. And a lot of players, I mean a lot of players, a lot of fans, Liverpool fans and whatnot, they don't really like Jordan Henderson. But I always say yeah, that every team needs a guy like Jordan Henderson. Every team needs a player like Jordan Henderson. He might not be the greatest on the ball. He might not be the most technically gifted. But he's got enough about him to, to influence his teammates, to, to pull their socks up. And when they're in the trenches, that's, those are the players you need. So I say that to talk back to Arsenal. You know, I'm pretty sure... I'm not saying Jordan Henderson in our team meant, would mean that we would win, but... Arsenal need characters, Arsenal need leaders, we need players like Jordan Henderson. Do you get what I'm saying? When you go through all the top teams, you know, they always have that player who who they can look to to just, you know, battle, fight, be in the trenches, and then they've got the other players who, you know, they can go and play with. Do you get what I'm saying? Back in the day, United, you had the Roy Keynes. Don't get me wrong, these guys can still play football, obviously. You had the Roy Kings, you had the Nicky Butts, you had, um, who else? Nicky Butt, Darren Fletcher, Park Jisung, do you get what I'm saying? You also had the other gifted players. Arsenal back in there, we had Emmanuel Petit, we had Ray Parler, we had, obviously, Vieira could play. Like, we had guys that would, you know, just were comfortable in the trenches and were, were able to just do what was necessary to, to just get over the line. But... Arsenal, we don't have that. So now that we've got a couple of injuries, you know, Tommy Asu's out, we've got Party out, um, Lacazette was out the other day. Like, those are the games where it might, it might not be pretty, but we need character. Character will get you through those games. Don't just fold. Do you get what I'm saying? And Arsenal are a team that folds, and that's the reality of the situation. So now, top four is looking like a myth. Especially when you see the um, the runnings that we've got. Well, we still got Chelsea, still got United. I might have we got Liverpool? No, we ain't got Liverpool. We still got Tottenham, mate. And I can't see us winning those games. So, you know, um, I'm not just gonna be here and just be like Arteta, 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 because Arteta definitely has he needs to take accountability for for certain things, but also. The players themselves need to take accountability. So, oh no, it's just not good enough. And you know, this week we have Chelsea. I think we have Chelsea on Wednesday. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see to see how that goes. I'm not hopeful, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But Arsenal need to really sort it out. And top four, even top five, is slipping away. And it's looking like the best Arsenal can hope for right now is Europa League. So, um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about Arsenal. It's not good. It's not looking great. But um, also as well, and I need to say this, that as much as I'm saying it's not Arteta's fault or you can't just blame Arteta solely, 
I think these are the games where it shows what a top manager can do. So Tottenham, their team, to be honest, I don't think Tottenham's team is that great. But what Tottenham do have is a world-class manager who can see them over the line, who can get them playing in a way where it's just about just get the results out, get the results out. And on top of that, they have a man that can just bang goals out of nowhere. They have a top, top, top striker. I'm not going to say world-class, but we, he, has, he has a top, top... No, he is a top, top player. So, yeah, not looking great, but we move... We move. Um, yeah, so guys, just make sure you keep liking, subscribing, and all of that. Um, next subject that someone told me to... Ah, yeah. So, uh, I need to find out who it was, but I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. But yeah, basically, yeah. Someone messaged me in regards to topics to talk about Sadio Mane. And um, I always, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the pod where I was having a, a discussion with someone earlier on in the season when they were telling me Sadio Mane is finished. And, and I just want to talk about why we're so quick to write off players. I, I, I don't understand it and, and I think I really struggle I really struggle with, with, with that and I struggle with how you know a player can be top and a world-class player in this era in this day and age but overnight um, people can just write them off and rubbish them and call them rubbish and earlier in the season I was talking to someone well I was going back and forth with someone on, on Twitter about Sadio Mane when they said he was finished and I was just like I, it's crazy. It's, it's, it was actually crazy. And now, as the season goes on, you know, if I'm being totally honest, Sadio Mane, even though Salah throughout the, throughout the season has been getting, you know, plaudits and whatnot, for me, Sadio Mane has been the guy that has, you know, performed the best and is performing the best in these crunch times. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and don't get me wrong, Salah, you know, he hasn't scored at the rate he has been scoring for most of the season, but and that doesn't mean he's rubbish or whatever, but I'm sure the goals will, will come again. But Mane is the guy, out of all the, the strikers that they have, Mane is the one that has to play. Mane is the one that is first name on that sheet for me. Do you get what I'm saying? And I just think we, should, we just need to be mindful when we're just so quick to write players off because I think people forget that form is a, is a real thing. And... Even with his form, I never actually thought Sadio Mane was, was actually out of form. I just think that the levels he set over the last couple of seasons were so high that as soon as he didn't reach those levels, you know, people just said, oh, he's rubbish. But the levels he, he was performing at, even though they might not have been high, I mean, as high earlier on the season as they have in previous seasons, was still good level. So... I don't know, man. I, I I just think, you know, when we when we when we look at players and you know look at their form, let's not be so quick to write them off. Let's not be so quick to to just call a man rubbish just because you know their form's a bit off. Because at the end of the day, there's no one, bar Ronaldo, Messi in their peaks. You're not really getting players 
do that that level all the time. And I think Ronaldo and Messi kind of skewed it for everyone because that's never been the case. It's never been the case. You're going to get, you know, players that go up, players that go down, form goes up, you know, form goes down. But And it's that old, you know, thing of classes, um, form temporary, classes permanent. So, yeah, man, but I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Sadio Mane is um, back to, you know, doing his thing. So, yeah, that's it on Sadio Mane. And I've already mentioned Henderson in that team. And that, for me, you know, he has to be around. He has to be, has to be playing. Maybe not, you know, week in, week out. Maybe not first name. You know what? I'm not even mad if he plays first name on that, on that sheet. I'm not even mad because you need, I said it earlier on, you need a Jordan Henderson. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you don't go with him, at 100%, at some point in that game, he will need to come on. He will need to come on. Whether that's to give the team a little lift or to just shore things up and see how I get that. Jordan Henderson, his importance to Liverpool. And to be honest, I'm saying this, but I'm pretty sure players who, have, who play with him will already think this. And also, you know, management or whatever will, will already think this. But, you know, again, you know, the fans of today just see a man and just think, oh, he can't ball. He's not as good as Thiago. He's not as good as, so we don't need him. Listen, there's certain things that, there's certain things that certain players, you know, bring that is, you can't, you can't quantify it. So, Thiago, let's just say, I love Thiago. All, like, the technical ability in the world. Fabinho, we can see what he does, like, straight. But you see what Jordan Henderson brings to a team. Them sort of players, you can't quantify. You can't put it into, into words. Do you get what I'm saying? It's just, it's about influence. It's about impact. But I don't expect a lot of people to... to to you know, unless you play the game at some sort of level or unless you really take in football, you wouldn't understand that. But and that's not even me trying to be condescending or whatnot. But you know, it is what it is. So yeah, one second. Jermaine Defoe on Rio Ferdinand's podcast and he was talking about strikers being better back in the day or in previous eras than they are today and he was just like like it starts with the kids because when he talks to kids all they want to do is just do skills and set up people and assist 
But when he was younger, the goal was it was to score goals. Like you just wanted to score goals, and 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 I actually do believe that's a that's a thing now. And Bradley Wright Phillips was on my podcast saying the same thing and saying that it's the wingers now, it's the wingers that get you know that are like the hot ones, you know the the the, the ones in demand, and the wingers get all the goals. And before the wingers were there to set up the, the strikers and. And I found that really interesting because it's a constant thing that keeps coming up and, you know, and a lot of pros are, are saying and, and you're, you're seeing it, you're seeing it, you know, you're, you're seeing the fact that strikers, it's not like they're dying out, but there's a real lack of quality strikers out there now. And back in the day, Every team, not every team, but most teams, especially in Champions League, you know they had a top striker. You know that, you, you know, the defence had to be on point because there were strikers all over the place. Do you get what I'm saying? But now, you know, mentioned this, you know, before, and there's not that many top strikers around. And Jermaine Defoe was talking about, you know, he was trying to get into the England team with like man like Teddy Sheridan. Mate, if Sheridan was playing today, problems do you get what I'm saying and that's and he wasn't even like you know seen as like one of the best in the world but he was just a really really good striker and 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 I'm seeing it now and and I'm, I'm just trying to think would that come back would the art of of striking would a you know will strikers come back into the game because when you do get good strikers you know, they go for big, big money. Big, big money because it's almost like it's a dying breed now. So when you do get them, you have to lap them up. You have to snap them up quick. Do you get what I'm saying? We saw Vlavic go for 75 mil or 70 mil or whatever. But he's, he's, he's not worth 70 mil. He's not. Do you get what I'm saying? Imagine how much the Batistutas would go for. Imagine how much Ortegas would, would, would go for. Imagine... Eduardo, even Eduardo, who's just... If Eduardo was, was playing football today, Eduardo, that was at Arsenal I'm talking about. Stupid. Romario, obviously the, the, the real Ronaldo. I'm just trying to think of, of players, but... Robbie Fowler, Kevin Phillips. I know I'm showing my age here. I know I'm showing my age here, but... It's... The, the point I'm trying to make is that you know, there's a real lack of real quality strikers out there and, and I'm just trying to think that I'm just trying to think whether or not it's going to come back and I really hope it does because I feel like as much as, you know, we love football we love the wingers and whatever there's nothing like, you know a striker that just puts the ball in the back of the net do you get what I'm saying? Defoe Defoe himself if a younger Defoe, Prime Defoe Easily walks into. I I honestly believe he easily walks into any of the teams, any of the top teams. Yeah, I actually believe that. So, I don't know that that was just a random thought uh, in regards to strikers and you know if they're gonna come back and you know how we look at strikers as well is you know it, it needs to change and and everything and, and I think that, that that's why when we do get when we do get certain strikers who 
when we do get certain strikers who score a couple goals, all of a sudden we're like, yes, 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 he's the next one. He's the next one. You know, and then we get like, okay, let me talk about Benzema because I haven't really spoken about Benzema recently. Um, Benzema, you know, we're, we're looking at him now. But in fact, I'm not even going to say we're looking at him now because anyone that, that listens to this podcast knows we've been championing, well, Lamin hasn't. Um, Benzema for a, a long time but it's like you know those Champions League nights he where he comes alive it's like wow this is what strikers are really there for because they're there to, to they're, they're the money man they're the ones that that score the goals to you know in, in decisive moments and there's nothing like a striker who's banging form on those nights that's why, for me, Man City failed. Man City failed in Champions League, you know, before. And I think they're going to fail again. Because I think when, when, when it's crunch time, you need a top striker. You need a top striker. And I think there's levels to it. There's absolute levels to it. That's why people, we love, we love Harry Kane in this country. We love Harry Kane in this country because he scores so many goals and whatnot. But then I think people looked in the Champions League and saw what Benzema was doing at the highest level, elite level, we saw what Benzema was doing. And then all of a sudden, people are like, ah, you know what, he might be the best in the world right now. But they're just calling Harry Kane the best in the world. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, I think sometimes you just have to just sit there and just let people play football and let it, let it pan out. And then, you know, the cream will always rise, rise to the top. And... But anyway, yeah, no, that's, that's my thoughts on all of that. You know, the media do a lot, do a lot of, you know, whitewashing, whitewashing, oh, sugar, that's not the word, brainwashing, that's the word I'm looking for. The media do a lot when it comes to brainwashing and putting narratives out there in regards to how good a player is and whatnot. Do you know what I mean? The media here in this country especially have people thinking that Harry Kane's the best striker in the world. Don't wrong, I've got nothing against him until the Champions League came and then people really saw what a real striker does at the highest level. At the highest level, a real striker turns the game on its head. A real striker shows up. Get me? Look at what Benzema was doing in the Champions League or what he's been doing in the Champions League, what he's been doing all season long. A lot of people who don't watch anything other than the Premier League aren't privy to. So they just thought, oh yeah, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, because that's what, that's what they're pushing down you know, our throats every... Every, every week, even though first half of the season did absolutely nothing, but we're just going to ignore that. And he scores a couple goals now, and he's the best until Champions League happens. And then they're just like, ah, yeah, this is, this is a serious guy. So yeah, guys, let's just try to think for ourselves. Let's just try to, you know, not follow what the media or what this pundit says, that pundit says. Let's just take a moment and just, you know, form our own conclusions when it comes to these players because what we what we normally see is that after a while you know the, the good good players who the media don't lift up they're the ones who eventually the media will become late will will be late to the party and start praising them and then you've spent all the time following them that you've not really taken in these players so yeah man all that, that's 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 literally all i have to say on that on that subject very quickly 
But um, Jermaine Defoe, Benzema, I spoke about Henderson. Um, Matip. I want to think about Matip quickly and just big him up. And, you know, at, in a time where um, Van Dyke, rightfully so, gets his plaudits, um, Matip has actually been, for me, Liverpool's best defender this year. And I just wanted to take this moment, very brief moment, to actually just, just say that he's been unreal. Unreal. And that's not to say that Van Dyke hasn't been good, because he has. But I think Matip, he's... He's just, and it, they got him on a free, I think. And I think when they got him in, he wasn't even supposed to be like one of their main defenders. He was meant to be like a backup one, I think. But honestly, when, when I watch Mati play, I, I'm just like, do you know what? He, he's, he's something else, man. And, and I just want to give him his flowers this year because, like I said, a lot of people, you know, praise Van Dyke, and I get it. But. I think Matip just offers you something else and he compliments Van Dijk so well. And it's such a shame for Gomez because Gomez is a really, really good defender as well, but he ain't getting a look in because of, you know, the form of Matip and as well, Konate coming in. So, yeah, big up Matip, man. Shout him out. Shout him out every time. And um, also, um, before I wrap this up, um, Newcastle. I just want to shout out to Newcastle as well, and um, and I'm actually happy that Newcastle are um, doing well, and it looks like they're gonna beat the drop. It looks like we, you know, we're gonna see them um, in the Prem next year because I actually feel like a healthy Prem includes Newcastle. You know, there's a certain teams that just need to be in the Premier League. There's a certain team that just always have to be in the Premier League, and. Newcastle is definitely one of them, you know, and seeing them with the crowds and the atmosphere, seeing them win, it, I, I, I liked it. And I just wanted to touch on two things though. Right, St. Maximin, yeah, Alan St. Maximin. Really, really, really good player. Really effective player. Problem. And I just think though, when I watch him, and I don't know if it's just me, and this is just a slight, a slight thing, I feel like once he gets his end product really nailed down, then he's, he's gone. He's gone. But I was watching the match yesterday, and it's happened a couple of times where he does the hardest, the hardest part of it all, he does it. He gets into such a good position, and in the last moment, that final pass or the shot or whatever will, will, will let him down a lot of the time. So, I, I, that, but that's just a, a, slight, a slight thing. Everything else that he does is just, he's just a menace. So, I think once that, once he, he, he just, you know, smoothens out the end product, honestly, Newcastle will have just got, I think they're going to have a problem keeping him or, you know, they're just going to have a dangerous weapon, a dangerous one. And if I if Newcastle are going to do what I think they're going to do next, like in the summer, and really strengthen and bring in real, real quality, then, hey, they're going to be have a bit of a problem next year, a bit of a problem. And you know, Bruno Gomares, someone that I wanted Arsenal to get, showing his um, showing his quality once again, you know, and 
Yeah, Liverpool. I mean Liverpool. Newcastle have a very, very good team and it's looking promising for them. So, big them up every time, man. And I think that is it. Yeah. I think that's it, man. It was just a quick one, guys. A quick pod because I was meant to have a guest this week, but um, yeah, we had to reschedule that one. And I do want to get back to just giving, you know, weekly hot takes and, you know, talking about current football stuff. Not every day, not every day have a guest because I know people actually want to hear, you know, football related, you know, hot topic stuff. So, yeah, man. That's it for me. Guys, keep liking, subscribing, sharing. If there's anything else you want me to do a, a video about or anything, put it in the comments and, um, yeah, we'll get it done. But, yeah, that's it for me. I'm out. <laughs>